Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. I'm Pat Williams here with Mr. Ford Taylor. Ford, welcome back. Great to see your big smile. Thank you, PW. Always good to be with you every time. You know, I remember, Ford, when you first called me to co-host with you on this Fordcast, I said, Ford, what's the Ford Taylor Talks podcast going to be about? What are we going to do? What's the outcome we're hoping to achieve? And I think I answered, all we want to do is help people. Yeah, I love we want to that. give them the tools and ingredients and behaviors to help them on a, every podcast level, that we would leave something that would help them uh, become a more influential, loving, and transformational leader. Thank you, Ford. You know, this is uh, a unique time. I'm 53 years old. Uh, the things going on uh, in our cities, in our nation right now, are troubling, to say the least. Uh, as a man of faith, I always think there's an easy answer, uh, but these are these are tough times that are going to going to take sober minds uh, to come up with solutions. And um, I don't think there could be a more perfect guest uh, than the one you've invited in to really launch us in this series on race, on racism uh, that we're dealing with right now in the United States. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to introduce John W. Stevenson. He's the founder of Ayers Covenant Church in Cincinnati, the founder of Ayers International. He's an author. He's a producer. And I just found out what an incredible singer he is. Uh, he's also the co-founder of Transformation Cincinnati in Northern Kentucky. Uh, Ford, um, the love you have for this man, it would, be, it would do me a great pleasure to have you formally introduce your friend. Yeah, P.W., thank you for that. Uh, that love can come into tears sometimes. And so, John, I'm going to introduce you by talking to you. Sure. Uh, you have been all those things that P.W. just said. But so far beyond that, you've been a loving, godly, laying down your life, man, for years and years for other people. Uh, you've been a teacher to me. Thank you. For uh, you've been a covenant brother. And, and I can, I've openly, gladly, and proudly say in a humble way that you are literally one of my best friends on the planet. And Thank I'm so for thankful for you and the day that you stepped in and into my life because you've been an, an impact on me to help me see some things in myself and in Thank others that I could never see before. So thank you so much for being first uh, on this subject because this isn't an easy one. Thank you for being here. Thank you for it. And um, all that you've said is how I feel about you as well. Um, I know that this may reach people who are not necessarily people of faith, but uh, I believe God ordered our steps. And God has blessed me to know many people, but you are one of my covenant brothers, covenant for life. And um, the impact that you've made on my life, in my life, will be eternal. And it's my honor to be on the program with you, uh, PW. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a pleasure to meet you as well. And uh, we are in challenging times. And I'm hopeful that anyone who has the opportunity to hear this will somehow, uh, it'll be enlightening for them. A little earlier, you were playing a song in the light of your presence and had the privilege of recording that song with your wife, Sandra. 
I think that song is, is, is fitting, is prophetic, because what we need in this hour is we need light. Mm. We, need, uh, we need some things illuminated for all of us, and it starts with the illumination in our own hearts. Because if we're going to see change and transformation, it's going to start from within. And so I'm glad to share this time with you and believing that any dialogue we have is going to make a difference. Well, thank you, John. And uh, even in that song, people who know my story and uh, how I mistreated Sandra mm. uh, through the cheating. And when they hear that song and they realize yours and my level of friendship and they realize that was just a few months mm. after I shared with her what I had done. Mm. I mean, it was just a few months. It wasn't like five years later mm. for her to be able to sing a song of joy and love and forgiveness and for me to have understood for the first time in my life what unconditional love and, unpredict- and unconditional forgiveness looked like, that in that place we really could make a change in, in basically any relationship. Thank yeah. you for that. Thanks for writing the song. And thank you for including her on it. Yeah, good stuff. If I can um, keep us on track here, because this could be a five-hour podcast, <laughs> I have a feeling. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that we can talk about in John, feel free. Uh, we're not on a time schedule. Um, <laughs> if this needs to run a little longer, I think the subject uh, warrants as much time as necessary to really address from a macro level, and then we're going to dial it down. But I think a good starting point is, is it safe to say that you two met uh, with a spirit of reconciliation? Was, was that really a launching point for, for how you two met? Either of you can you know, start with an answer. Um, I, when you say with the spirit of reconciliation, I, I think that for Ford and I, I'll just speak for myself. I met out of a desire to see transformation. And I believe out of transformation or within the transformation is the dynamic of reconciliation. And so as we, as we met and recognized that we had a kindred heart concerning uh, what we believe God wanted to do for, uh, not only for Cincinnati, but for the tri-state area, and maybe even the nation, um, we didn't have to talk and convince one another. And that was one of the things that connected us. We, we met and immediately were on a heartfelt level. And part of that was Ford's willingness to be as vulnerable and Ford not knowing that's where I've endeavored to live as well. And so, and so we didn't, we did not talk out of Christianese um, and, and, and on a surface level. And out of that, I believe the father was pleased and it created an opportunity for us to be able to be a part of one another's lives um, at the same time, then have the opportunity to walk together to to accomplish some things. Yeah, I think that's well said. I, I think for me, I felt like a lot of the sentences coming out of John's mouth felt like the same sentences that were coming out of my mouth. And we, like, I think the best way to put it, we didn't have to convince each other of anything. We both felt like, and we'll call it a call, that, that we, we felt like we were supposed to go do something. And it was instant. I mean, it was pr- within a half an hour. And why let's do this together. I mean, and could we be an example of others to, to walk together and actually see something, a change take place around us? P. 
PW, one of the things that I recognize and, and it's unique for all of us is, is, is God knows how to speak to us. He speaks to us based out of, out of our life's experiences. And one of the dynamics that we were not aware of is, see, God was already dealing with Ford around transformation. And I was already talking about Cincinnati worships together. So at the same time, because part of my background is music, part of it's worship. And, and so in that, we heard it different ways, but we heard it in the context in which God knew we, we would hear it. And then when we got together, then, then we started hearing the similar phrases that said, well, well, that's exactly what I'm thinking, or that's exactly how I feel. And that was our first encounter. It was at Chiquita Building in, in, in his office space that, that helped us to know right then um, that there was something even larger than what I was thinking and what he was thinking. So, John, when you use the word transformation, I think even when, when Paul wrote that word in Romans 12 2, uh, Ford translated that for me, and it was literally to change the way you think. And I think on the issue of race, which we're, we're going to dive into right now, I think people of all colors really have to experience a change in the way they think. Uh, I continually get educated by Ford and coached or mentored. I don't know if all those words are appropriate, but it's a it's a challenging relationship, as you know, with Ford. He's not going to let you be average in the way you think yes. or the way you walk out your faith. As your friendship has grown, can you share uh, a story or a time uh, when you knew that this was a covenant relationship, when you knew that this was a, a God-breathed relationship? Because the impact that you two have had together is pretty profound. Well, on, on a, I'm trying to think there's so many stories of how our, how our walk is intertwined. I, I'd like to just speak to that fact about the, the changing of the mind, the transformation, um, because that really is the key PW. It's, it's, we can think a lot of things, but transformation happens in the heart. And it comes from the word metamorpho. And um, when, when Transformation Cincinnati was formed, it wasn't just out of trying to find a word that worked. It was because of something that was happening in Ford, happening in me, and happening in others. But in, in that process of transformation, there are what I would call some teachable moments. And Ford and I grew close together as we began to relate to each other and see things in each other that we said that, that might, uh, uh, you know, cause me to feel a certain way, cause him to feel a certain way. And we say, okay, let's, let's talk about it. Um, because our culture is, 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 has evolved in such a way where you can be doing things and you don't recognize the implicit bias that's there. You don't recognize that we, we all deal with prejudice. Um, preconceived thoughts, preconceived notions, just based on the way, you know, we were, we were raised, the environment we were in. And that's where 
the, the thinking has to change. You know, on one hand, where it talks about, when Paul talks about the transformation, the scriptures also talk about repentance. We always tie repentance to sin, but it really means just to change your mind, change the way you think. That's why when, when uh, John, the cousin of Jesus, says, repent for the kingdom is at hand, he's saying, you need to begin to think differently or you're going to miss the guy that's coming after me. And so that's part of what uh, we've challenged each other on is, is that thought process. Let me give you an example. On one of the trips we were on, uh, we went to Colorado to the, uh, it, was it the International House? No, not, no, it was the World Prayer Center. And Ford and I have traveled a lot together. Um, we like to tease and say, you know, we've slept together. But <laughs> <laughs> we, we've shared rooms together. Um, but on one of the trips, and, and my, my world has been one where I've been in a lot of various settings. It's just the way God has created me, my DNA. A lot of those ses- settings, I've been only person of color, only, only black person in the room. And, and so this was one of those times when we were at this conference, and we're standing at the table. I was registering or looking at product, and there was, there was, there was this white lady standing next to me. And she looks over at me and she says, so how did you hear about this? Now, I need to tell you, in my mind, I don't hear, how did you hear about this? I'm hearing, what are you doing here? Mm. Okay? Because again, we're dealing with mental models. We're dealing with processes. And so Ford, who, who loves me, cares for me, he's standing on the other side of her. He hears that. He says, I don't even get the answer. He says, he's with me. Now, when he said, he's with me, again, in my mind, I'm saying, okay, I, I really, I know what he, his intention was, but that, that didn't work well for me because I should be okay being here even if I'm not here with Ford. And so when we got back to the room, I said, hey, can we talk? And this is why Ford and I are as close as we are. Because I could say to Ford, hey, I need to tell you that when you said that, I know what you were trying to do. I said, but what it felt like to me is I had no, you, you validated my being here by being with you. I said, and in my world, as a person of color, I said, that can feel like I'm your property. And for, I mean, you know, Ford was touched by that. You know, he started crying and said, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean I knew that's not what he meant, but, but what it did was it, it helped our relationship in terms of how we walk out life together when we are together. And we've had so many opportunities to be together. And, and so, so in that PW, I also, though, had to deal with my own mental models and my issues around that because that wasn't Ford's thinking at all. But in, in, in my world, and this is one of the things that we have the opportunity to, to speak to and address, when, when, you're, when you are in a space, even in the church, where whites feel like they have to be the ones to validate you to make it okay for other whites to receive what you're about to say or what you're about to do, we're off. And that's a reality. And as John said, I was completely oblivious to that. I happen to know the lady that was standing between us. I was a speaker at this particular mm-hmm. event. And when we walked in, one of the first things we said is, we're here about transforming the nation. And I could tell you, I could mention names here that were other speakers that 
90% of this audience would know them. Okay. I mean, not just from a believer perspective, but from an influence perspective. And we looked at each other and said, how in the world are we going to transform a nation with one black guy in the room? I mean, how can we think? So we had already kind of had that conversation. And so when she asked that, I was like, you don't ask my friend that. Okay. And so I, from my perspective, it's like, you can't talk to my friend that way. But again, I, I didn't realize until that evening when John shared it with me, what that meant. And, and, and I asked John, I said, John, what can I say better? I mean, how do I change my terminology to be sure I don't do that after I apologize? And he said, you could say we're together. That would mm -hmm. feel better. Mm -hmm. And I said, I, that's easy for me. Thank you for that. And PW, as we talked on the very first podcast around this subject, when it was just you and me, you know, I shared on the podcast, people who look like me understand that we say and do things that we're completely oblivious to. And it's somewhere between racism, a conscious bias, mm -hmm. an unconscious bias, or pure ignorance. Mm -hmm. And if we don't build the relationship, then we aren't going to love each other enough to find out when we are pure ignorance. Because mm -hmm. pure ignorance, unconscious bias, conscious bias, and racism can look exactly the same yes. to the other party. Well, I got to chuckle about this. A couple of years ago, we were having breakfast, and I said, John, you remember that time in Colorado that, and of course, we laughed about it. And he goes, yeah. And I said, and I ask you, what do I say? And you said, just to tell people we're together. And he said, yeah. I said, you know, that has a different meaning now. <laughs> Is there something else we might say? And we laughed so hard, both of us did. Uh, but, but see, PW, I looked at John, and I said, John, for me, when I'm with you, and you're the keynote, I want you to know, you can tell people he's with me because I'm happy to be with John. But look at the difference in culture. Mm -hmm. Think about that. And PW, while we're here, let's just use another example. So John comes into our home. There are a lot of leaders there. Well, in, in a white culture, if you're in our home and you meet someone, in other words, you know me, John knows me, and you meet them, what do you ask? How do you know Ford? That's a cultural thing in our home. Well, I've gone to African-American homes. I'm the only white guy there. No one ever asked me, how do you know, John? How do you know? So I never get asked that question. And I started realizing, wow, how might that feel to an African-American in my home being asked by other white people, how do you know Ford? Again, you don't belong here. That's what it would come across like. And so as we started learning these things, well, why don't we start telling people this stuff? Let's remove the ignorance. And when you can do that out of love and unity, all of a sudden when you stand up and talk, people see something together different than what they're used to seeing. I don't think people realize the dynamic that I get to view here mm -hmm. uh, six feet away, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> Might be five and a half, John. I don't know. But... <laughs> I feel like if America, and it's a big old beautiful country, right? But if America could see and feel what I'm feeling and listening to right now, it would be um, incredibly impactful. Uh, but let's keep driving on. Well, I had to share that. Thank you guys for letting me be a part of this. Um, sure. John, when you were talking about, I think it's important we, that we stay here for just a second. The calmness and the maturity that you um, approached Ford with 
back in the room based on the incident with the lady at the table. I feel like America right now is yelling and screaming so much mm-hmm. that if we could just get them to take your approach, which was a calm, meaningful, thoughtful approach to an issue that you had with Ford. I don't think anybody can hear what anybody's saying for all of the noise and all of the mm-hmm. the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to someone listening right now? If they seek rec- reconciliation or if they seek um, to build the relationship, mm-hmm. to grow a relationship mm-hmm. with a person that doesn't look like them. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, the first thing that I would say, going back to something you said earlier, PW, around uh, transfer, transformation has to do with thought processes, rethinking things, thinking differently. One of the things that we would do well to change as best we can is that there are not many races. There's only one race. It's the human race. If we can get individuals thinking that, then it, then it helps to uh, uh, dismantle the separation. The second thing that I would say is, for me, is um, coming to a place of recognizing it's, it's not the color of one's skin. It's the condition of one's heart. That is what we are dealing with. I could respond to one, uh, my brother Ford because that's what I really know to be the reality. And over the years, I've learned Ford's heart. I know his heart towards me. I know how he has personally helped me, even, even supported me. Some of some of my recording projects, Ford, Ford's been one of my partners in, in helping to fund it and, and, and those kinds of things. That, that mutual walking together. So, so when you have a, a situation like the one we had in Colorado, I know in my heart of hearts, that's not Ford's heart. If we can step back, because as you said, there's a lot of voices right now, a lot of angry voices. Part of the reality for, for blacks, though, is the fact that they're, they're, we are navigating through history. And as born again, transformed as I'd like to think I am, and I said this just in my recent ser- Sunday morning service, there are certain things that I will not watch because it causes something on the inside of me to get stirred because it's heart issues. So I can see something and, and, and I have to manage Okay, my thoughts, I have to manage my emotions around it. We, as a people, if we can dial it down, all the rhetoric, all the narratives, and come back to that common place, one, there's only one race, it's the human race. Secondly, it's not the color of the skin, it's the condition of the heart, then somehow because any true transformation is going to happen out of the heart and then be manifested in how we live out our lives. And right now, PW, we don't, we don't have enough. And one of the things that I'm, I'm really, really excited about even being a part of this platform is that 
given the opportunity to be able to share some things out of a place of calmness, out of a place of, of recognizing there are challenges, but we don't have to react. What we really want to do is we want to be able to, to respond and respond in a way that's going to bring about the good for everybody. And that's, that would be my initial thought in, in this process. And, and think about the heart and the way we think. <laughs> I was on a podcast, somebody else's podcast, with a man of dark skin, and he asked me this question. Uh, he said, Ford, if there's anything that you could say to the people that have my skin color, what would you say? And I said, well, I said, what I'm about to say is not your fault. It's not your fault at all. It's a condition of our minds that look like me. I said, but because of our minds and our hearts, when you speak with passion, we see anger. And we can't dissect the difference between anger and passion, just like sometimes we can't dissect the difference between racism and ignorance. That's good. And I would say that if, by some chance, not your fault, if you could tone it down just a little, we might be able to hear you better. And the other guy on the phone, the, the darker skin went, man, that was powerful. And I look, I said, but Patrice, I would say that to white people too. The difference is when we see it. P.W., it's hard for me to imagine that 25 years ago when I would watch Martin, now today, watch Martin Luther King, for me to ever imagine that, that he was spewing anger. Because my heart's changed. And I listen to him now, it's like, this peaceful man was doing all he could to keep peace in our country and be heard. But if your heart hasn't changed, if your mind hasn't changed, you may hear anger coming out of that man. In reality, it's passion. It's love for America. It's love for his people. He didn't want the ship to go down. That's and, great. I mean, that's what, he, that's what he was trying to say. And PW, you've heard me say this already. I'm going to say it again. We got 3 to 5% of America that lives on the extreme left. We got 3 to 5% that live on the extreme right, and the rest of us don't live there. And all these peaceful protests that are screaming, love me, <clears throat> let me be a part of your world. See my skin color. Honor my skin color. We bleed the same red blood. Yes. Hear me. That isn't who's getting televised. They're not asking John and me to be on CNN. This brings too much peace. See, because if you can keep this separation, guess what? The Democrats and the Republicans stay in control. And as long as one's in control, I hate to go here, but I'm going to for a moment, they're both happy. Yes. Because if the American people ever wake up to this fact, they'll start electing people who live where they live. And, and the media will be forced to show the 95 to 97% of peaceful demonstrators, not the 3 or 5% of unpeaceful demonstrations. Because, again, the media is not helping my black brothers and sisters by making them look like thugs. They are not. It is a small percentage. That's good. And it's it. not fair because they, because they think they're helping my brothers and sisters, and they're not. Show the peaceful demonstration. Show the demonstrations that we're all together, demonstrating together, black and white, yes. and not throwing rocks. They're not showing those. But that's a lot more going on around our country than what they're showing. And it's because of that narrative that that's getting 
the airplay that's keeping things going. So, so this kind of opportunity, my, my prayer is that this really gets heard. See, I recognize this PW in, in many of the white settings. I'm, I'm a safe black man. Okay. Um, I'm safe by the way I, I carry myself, all those things. Um, I've been in, I've been in settings where I was with a gentleman who said to me, you don't, you don't talk like other black people. Um, you, you seem to have such a command of the English language. Now, this, this, this was a white brother. I'm preaching in his church. I'm riding in his car, and he's saying to me, and I'm recognizing, okay, this, this guy's got issues that he doesn't know he has, or he wouldn't be saying, saying that to me like, hey, you know, you don't talk like other blacks. Did you, did you learn that? Or, <laughs> and and I'm, I'm saying, no, I think I talked like this all my life. But because I don't allow myself to get angry about that, I chalk it up to ignorance. So I say, okay, let me figure out a way to try to help him understand that what he said, you don't want to say that to anybody else. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, but that's part of out of a kingdom response. Okay. That, that's what makes this different. That, that we're not approaching it out of a, a political system. We operate on a higher plane. And that plane uh, is love. And that may sound very simplistic, but that is the reality. Because, because looking through eyes of love will help you look past all of the things that a lot of other people are pointing to in this season and recognize at the end of the day, as Ford said, we all bleed the same color blood. And if we can get individuals back into that space, less about the agendas and more about we all live together on this planet, then hopefully we can begin to slow it down, quiet it down, and have some of these intentional, meaningful conversations. One of the reasons Ford and I relate to each other is because we've been willing to talk and keep talking till we reach a place of understanding. And that's not happening in our, in our current uh, culture as well. Ford, as we kind of wrap our time with John W. Stevenson, we realized without realizing we went a little long. Yeah, we, we, you know, we tried to commit to our audience to keep these under 30 minutes, but man, this was so good. John, we welcome you back. We want to do another one with you. So thank you for being here today and can't wait to do part two. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ford Taylor Talks. For more information and resources to help you love, influence, and transform, please visit FordTaylorTalks.com. Thank you.